if you can make it in the Quebec market, you can make it in the rest of Canada. Now, if you can be alone or almost alone in, in the Canadian market as a whole, you can make it as a business. There's enough, there are enough consumers in Canada to have you have a successful business. Yeah. And the fact that Canada is such an afterthought to the U.S., the ideas are already there. Now it's just about tweaking them a little bit to the mm -hmm. Canadian market. Making the name French. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just add a le in front of yeah. it like you're good, Literally right? Le. Chemical X. What is up, guys, and welcome to episode 102 of the Chemical X podcast, aka second episode. I'm Alessia. I'm Veronica, and today we have a super special guest. Welcome, Daniel, to the podcast. How's it going? Welcome, welcome. And guys, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe, like, comment down below, leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you're a friend of Daniel, it would be really mean if you don't do that, especially on an entrepreneur podcast. Like, what go. the hell? Literally. You know what I mean? Support your locals. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of people call in, you know, and ask for a business podcast. And, you know, as two struggling uh, entrepreneurs, we figured, you know, we don't have the uh, credibility to give it. So we're going to put someone on who definitely knows what it's like to be successful. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Do you think you're successful? No. Right. Here we go. That's, I feel like everybody, every business. Every, I wanted to ask that because I feel like every successful person never thinks they're like successful enough. I think success is measurable and it depends what your definition of success is. Mm -hmm. So I think it's constantly a moving target that every time you achieve something, it always moves to a different plateau, a different plateau, a different plateau. You have a lot of people who say, I want to be a millionaire, but what happens when you're a millionaire? Right. You have to move that target because being a millionaire is no longer your your goal. If you just end it right there, then what do you what do you do? You just yeah. you just end your life? Like no. <laughs> you're gonna continue on and you're gonna raise your goals and you're gonna say, well, I want five or mm -hmm. I want ten or I want fifty. So I think success is um it's a measurable unit that's constantly changing. I agree. Are you happy with where you are right now? Um, loaded question. I think that it could always be better. And I think that I've always wanted to accomplish what I've accomplished at this point. But I think also at this point, I could be more and, and, and better than what I'm currently doing. So again, I think uh, anybody who is an entrepreneur who has an entrepreneurial spirit is constantly just um, moving their targets on, on where they're happy and, and they right. always constantly want more. I don't think that anybody is going to be able to be like, yeah, oh, that's it. Yeah. 35 years old. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. I'm happy. Shut it down. Right. Retire. <laughs> live on a beach. I mean, I mean, 35 and successful. That's something. Beach. And a beach. So for anyone who doesn't know, do you want to give people just an insight to your businesses and what you do? On the daily? Yeah, sure. So I'm the co-founder and CEO of GoTest Rapid. Uh, those of you who are in Montreal, Quebec, maybe even Canada, know about the company. Uh, we are a, we were a COVID testing company. Uh, we brought the drive-through model to Canada. I am also the CEO Thankful and co-founder. Yeah, literally. Well, Thank you for it, allowing right? me to travel when yeah, no one was. Welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I'm also the co-founder of Something Neon. Uh, that's a 
We don't talk about this. We won't right? talk about this. <laughs> we won't talk <laughs> about an- all the neon signs we have in here that are not yeah, his. it'll be an off-camera I'm discussion. honestly surprised you came on. If I knew it would affect my branding like this, I don't no, think I would have came. I'm beyond beyond disappointed, <laughs> but it's okay. We'll uh, we'll continue with the podcast anyways. It's fine. I'll send you an invoice when we're done. Um, so how did you come up with the idea to start a testing drive-through company here in Montreal? So it's I guess a, a very long explanation, which I'll shorten down for everybody's benefit here. Um, but basically, you know, during COVID, everybody was just trying to do what they could do to, to make a buck and, mm-hmm. and just to keep going because nobody was really sure what the landscape would look like during COVID. Uh, so I was involved in a lot of PPE deals. Uh, that's like uh, masks and gowns and everybody and their grandmother started selling masks at one point. And uh, my... Um, my customer base was here in Canada and uh, my partner who's now my partner called me, uh, called me up one day and he's like, Hey, he's like, I have a box of like health Canada approved antigen tests. And I kept hearing from my sources, like in, in the U S that they're just like testing is the future. Testing is the future. And uh, I'm like, okay, great. How many do you have? He's like, I have 800. And I'm like, you know, when you're brokering PPE, you're adding like 50 cents, you're adding 25 cents, right. but there's not a lot of money to be made on 800 units of something. Right. So, uh, I basically told him, I'm like, listen, to pick up the phone and to start calling people to try to make like 400 bucks that we're going to split two ways doesn't make any sense. So I hung up the phone and I thought about it for a little bit and I picked it up. I'm like, why don't we go direct to consumer with it? And he's like, well, what do you mean? So I'm like, we, we felt that there was a need for testing. It was coming. COVID was being a lot more active in, in Canada. And, uh, we just basically discussed it and we're just like, let's partner with, uh, nursing agencies and uh, give the test to them. No commitment because people didn't have money at that point. Like and people I'm were sure so nor- they were so like holding on to yeah, it. And they I'm, were never going to make it. Yeah. Anymore. And I'm sure when you went directly to nurses, they were like, people ask us for COVID all tests all the time. And they couldn't get them because they were so scarce at that time. So my partner and I are just like, okay, let's, let's, there's let's a need. Buy the fucking box. And we assumed the cost of it. And we partnered with these nursing agencies and we're just like, okay, like, Maybe it's going to take a month to get rid of it. You know, it was like a, a I think it was $11,000 US for the box. Okay. And we're just like, okay, let's fuck it. Let's do it. And uh, I think within a week, we're just like, we're out of fucking stock. So like we turned, uh, you know, $11,000 worth of COVID tests into 75 grand. Wow. And wow. then uh, and then we're just like, we need more inventory. We need more inventory. And my partner. You're like, where the hell could we get more? No. So my, my partner is like a, 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 a product procurement like wizard. Like okay. I can write a fucking book. And uh, anyways, he, he got, he, he got, yeah, he got, he got more than you don't want this guy on. Uh, on, on <laughs> he's camera. like, you want me? Uh, he's like a, he's a behind the scenes guy. He's a great fucking guy, but he's, uh, he knows he's not, he's not made for camera. Um, <laughs> and I can't am. have it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but he, he's so good at what he does. And uh, basically he went, he found more, he found more, he found more. And to the point where we were partnering with like six, seven different nursing agencies, and we reached this kind of glass ceiling where there's just like, there, how many nurses are there that can provide patients, right? And at this point, were you just selling the COVID test to We were them? just selling it to the nursing to the agency. Nursing. We were letting the nurses, nursing agencies take care of finding the customers because they right. were their customers. Which already. is smart. They all had their own reach. And we were just basically providing tests. And instead of trying to make a like literally a, a dollar on it, we were saying, okay, well, you know, what can we get for providing the service or providing this kind of turnkey service for the customer right. where we're sending the nurse we're giving the test and we know it was hard to get 
Yeah. Like, and you're, like, you're making it easier um, for everyone. 100%. So, because they couldn't have tests. And this is where we kind of came in with the idea is that we quickly realized, you know, like there's, there's so many companies that do it. Uh, I'm going to name two, which is Amazon and Uber, right? Amazon and Uber for me are the perfect examples of companies that figured it out and they just said, you know what? We may not even need to be the cheapest, but if we are the most convenient, we're going to get the customer. Right. So if you can open up your phone and get an Uber and click a button and a car shows up in front of your house. Beautiful. If you don't have to leave your house and go to Walmart to order toilet paper or whatever it is, even better. Now, are you going to start to see if they're like a dollar more or a dollar less? I'm going to say that 99% of people won't. They're just like, what's convenient? It's efficient. Like, we'll do it. Exactly. Especially after COVID. And I think it really changed the idea. It really, it's always been like convenience. But I think after COVID, when everyone was home and it was like food delivery, you Mm -hmm. know, um, Amazon delivery, everything delivery was all about like how fast you can get something. It doesn't matter what the price is. And even me as a person, like I will always say like I 100% value convenience over Mm -hmm. anything else. Yeah, I I will pay more for something to be more convenient for me. Um, Whether it comes to healthcare or anything of anything, 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 I'll always pay more for convenience. And that's just like the society we're in. We want like this like instant gratification as you've said in the past. Um, and that's what, and, and it's just like worse and worse because now it's like, I, I find myself going, can I get an Amazon order like same day? Like if I order yeah, this yeah, one, yeah. is it going to come well, tonight? Like, like, like but people, they programmed like these, us to be this but way. We've, got, we've gotten so like spoiled by it. Yeah. And just like Wednesday delivery, absolutely not. I'm going to go try to find a Tuesday delivery. Which obviously and, sucks for like small businesses and stuff. But like as much as it sucks... But like Amazon kind of, is not going to get, but, but this, is, it, this is just the way that it is. Yeah. It's the way that mm-hmm. business works. And I think that the people who have grasped the concept yeah. of how to approach business and in, in, in this day and age, and, and you know, let's say since 2020, we're talking mm-hmm. COVID here, those businesses have succeeded. People have pivoted their businesses into these kind of online, bring it to your house right. type things where they're just like, okay, we can inflate the price a little bit. Uh, but as long as you give the convenience, never be afraid to charge. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is that they're they're trying to go for the lowest price. Yeah, but the lowest price means lowest margins. Lowest margins means the worst customer support that's mm-hmm. humanly possible. And at that point, you're just like, you know what? I'd rather pay a little bit more and get a service, get an yeah. actual like bonded service. We were sitting there and we're going, okay, how many, uh, you know, tests were we able to do a day? We had, you know, uh, uh, let's say 25 nurses that were working under our umbrella Mm -hmm. and we were only able to do like, what, eight tests per nurse. And we're sitting there going like, that's great. Not enough. Right. And that's where you have this kind of this difference of attitude between somebody who maybe runs a business and, (laughs) and an entrepreneur. And that's what I think is kind of a defining skill if you will it's just like you look at it and you go i have something here the iron's hot like right. let's push it as far and as fast as humanly mm-hmm. possible and that's what we did and i remember um re- I, I followed i've been following COVID since 2019 in december saying like we're all fucked yeah i deal with china every single day i talk to them the reason why i got into COVID, i guess in the first place was because of my contacts in china that are just saying like this shit is for real. Mm-hmm. Like we are going into quarantine. We are masking. My uh, my uh, my neon sign provider uh, called me, and he's like, he's like, shit's going down here. He's like, can I send you some masks? I'm like, send me some masks. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I want a neon sign. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like, anyway. So, so uh, he's like, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, fuck it. And then he he wanted to send us some like N95s, you know, like the the, the white medical ones. 
and we were so worried at the time with something neon we were we were worried we were just like you know is this upper middle class that we sell to going to disappear because who's walking around with 2Gs or 3Gs or 4 or 5 or $6,000 to spend on signs when they're worried about like the economy shutting right. down and like and a lot of people lost their job as well. So many people lost their jobs. So we're sitting there going like how, you know, like how the fuck do we stay relevant? So and he's like I'll send you these masks and I'm just like, "You know what? I don't want those." And I was searching and I found these um pink cloth like very like yoga-esque materials like kind of like Lululemon. And Veronica uh, bought one. Huh? Veronica bought oh, one. Oh yeah. Well, I thank you very much. I dedicate my next car payment mask. to you. You know I love a good pink. <laughs> so we found the we our company colors are pink, right? So I'm just like you know what I'm like this might be really interesting because if I can get these pink masks and you know we'll just sell them we'll put them online we'll see what happens like I think we ordered like forty or eighty masks I can't even remember at this point. And um, I'm like, let's just find a way to stay in people's minds. I didn't know if COVID was going to be, you know, two months, three months, six months. Nobody knew. Everybody was like, it's like over two years at this point, right? Yeah. But I was just like, we need to find a way to stay relevant while people are safeguarding their money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I got these masks and I'm just like, okay, whatever. It's kitschy, but who knows? So anyways, we, we got the order of masks. I'm like, fuck it. Let's just put it online. We put it on the website. Within an hour, we were sold out. Crazy. And then I was just like, oh, but hold on a second. I think there's a, I think there's a business here, right? Because I'm saying sold out in an hour. Mm-hmm. So I call my, I call my guy in China. And I'm just like, I need, you know, 400. And then we relisted the inventory and it was sold out in four hours. So I'm like, okay, next call. I'm like, I need 4,000. Yeah. By the time the 4,000 landed, we had so many backed up orders. I'll, I'll never forget. I like we, uh, my wife and I used to work at like two o'clock in the morning getting these orders ready and like the packing slips and all this shit. We were making um, uh, um, mailers to like receive the items just so it kind of looked sort of semi-professional. Right. And uh, like, I just remember like a stack of papers like this of orders we needed to fill and we didn't have the masks as there was a shipping nightmare in China. Logistics was completely fucked at that point. I don't know if you guys remember, but like DHL packages were taking like 45 days. It was was insane. So anyways, we, we, I, we got the masks and by the time the the 4,000 units landed, uh, we were sold out. So our next order was 20,000 and uh, it was kind of the same trend over and over again. And I mean, like it was great. We were providing a service to the community. We were uh, donating, we were giving to people. For anyone who is ordering, you have like a percentage. Like inventory? Yeah. Inventory wise. Obviously everything is different, but would you suggest a certain number? It depends what you're what you want your exposure to be. If you're saying, well, you know what, I'm I'm willing to risk a thousand dollars to try this venture, mm-hmm. and that thousand dollars gets you a thousand units because you bought them for a dollar a piece, then it's not so bad, right? right. But if your thousand dollars only gets you two pieces of your product, right? It's like, what are you really investing? Okay, great. So you have two products, great. You sell them now. What? Right. Absolutely. So it's about lead times. It's about logistics. Right now, these still the logistics channels are are completely backed up. It's still a complete nightmare. Anything with DHL, UPS, anything shipping by boat. Um, so I mean, I'm not going to say that I would recommend a certain amount, but I think you need to gauge of what you want from your business. So if your okay. goal is to make ten thousand dollars, then you need to order enough stuff to make. $10,000, right? So I think that's probably more important than, okay. than, than buying like one or two or three or 20 items and just being like, I'm just going to sell these and see what happens. 
I think that you need to have a proper business plan. Mm -hmm. I think that you need to understand what you want from that business. Is it a hobby? Is it a business? Is it a brand? Is it a product? If you can understand what you are asking for, then I think your decisions become a lot easier. But I think you need to have a vision. It's very short-sighted if you're just like, oh, let me just go and try to like sell this on like Amazon or sell it to my friends. Mm -hmm. Then it's a hobby, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it's okay. Hobbies are great. And if it makes you money, even better. But I think that you really need to understand what you're trying to get from it before you just kind of go nose first into something. And you're just like, oh, fuck it. Just let let me order something and see if I could sell it. I think that's a little bit And at the same time, it's a little bit hard to gauge because like you said, the first time you ordered the mask, you ordered a very small quantity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got a response that you weren't necessarily expecting. And then you adapted to that. So as much as you can like plan and think and 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 put so much effort, yeah. it's like at the end of the day, what will happen will happen, and then you work from that. Well, that's you know? that's I think is like the 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 real point of the conversation is that you're setting like what is an entrepreneur? An entrepreneur is somebody who can think quickly on their feet, and when they see a problem, just figure out think critically on how to solve that problem. Right. right? The pandemic really accentuated all the people who were actual entrepreneurs, and it put aside the people who wanted to sit at home and take Serb for two years or a year and a half or whatever it was. So again, as as an entrepreneur, you see a problem, you try to fix that problem as quickly and as seamlessly as possible. So what were you doing before Before Something Neon and before Go Test Rapid? I was an electrician. Okay. (laughs) Well, I feel like a lot of people, I, I think actually a lot of successful entrepreneurs come from a background that doesn't necessarily, mm-hmm. if you didn't, did you study in business or anything? No. So I, I barely think, studied at all for anything throughout <laughs> my entire life. Well, I think it's always like the <laughs> troublemakers in school I, I or remember, like, I, I'll never, like, I'll never forget <laughs> it. I remember my history teacher, um, gave me a, I, th- I think it was for like my third semester. She gave me 18% overall. <laughs> on my like my history course like that was my mark 18 percent well glad you're not in history yeah no i'm not a historian (laughs) that's for sure but i do remember that very well and um you know she she fucking just like lit me up like after class she would like talk to me and tell me like i'm not gonna be anything blah 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 and i was just like you know what like big fuck you coming so (laughs) finals came here's the fuck you yeah finals came and all i had to do uh, like I knew what the fucking test was going to be on because it was one fucking book. It was Mario Duplessis and his fucking back to the land policy. Never forget. And um, basically, like, two days before the final exam, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to read this fucking thing, like, back to back to back. And I remember studying for this thing, and I was just like, you know what? Like, I feel fucking ready. I went into the final exam. I got, like, 86%. Um, I, like, you get your mark, like, two weeks later. I went back. I got my mark. I remember going upstairs with my fucking history book and I walked up to my teacher's class and I just like 86% I chucked the book at her. I was such a piece of shit in high school. Well, it looks like she had to do that in order for you yeah, to do but it. You know what? But like, that's what I, that's what I think makes a person, right? It's not necessarily about like what you've like been fed, but like how, how you, you respond. Yeah. How you deal with it. Yeah. And, like how you respond, like hearing these like negative things and, um, having people tell you that you're not going to amount to anything. These are the things that drive you mm-hmm. and that build your desire. So and, like, true. It's so fucked up. Cause like you think about it, like nobody should have to hear these things. And like, especially now everybody's so coddled in school. Like they want to give you second and third place ribbons just for showing up. And it's like, 
I don't get it necessarily. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that I personally don't understand that. I know what did well for me and I know mm -hmm. what put me into this position today. And I'm thankful for everything that I've learned and, and experienced, good or bad. I don't think it really matters. I think that all of that combined builds you into who you are. And I think that that's probably the most important thing. I also think that like entrepreneurial qualities, just like creativity, is something that you can't be taught. It's something that just comes naturally to someone. Just like having good ideas. It's like as much as you can go out and you can refine how you maybe put out your ideas or, you know, the way you do business. These qualities are things that in a way you're just born with and just come naturally to you. And, and that ability to... I, I relate it to creativity because I'm more of a creative person rather than a business person. Mm -hmm. But it's just something that comes naturally to you. It's like the good ideas come just like you're saying. Like you're seeing an opportunity and you're acting quickly on it and you have all these skills that come. It's not something that you're taught in school. You don't get a business degree and they tell you like, you know, how to. It's all, like you said, what you do with it. Yeah. So I don't think you can like teach somebody how to be an entrepreneur i'm not saying you can't teach somebody mm -hmm. how to run a business i think yeah. that these are two completely different things there's reasons why people are employed by you know uh, uh, uh bosses and owners of mm -hmm. companies and there's a reason why there's people who own those fucking companies right so i don't think it's a skill that you can acquire i think it's like you're either you either have it or you don't and yeah. it's okay if you don't but if you do Make sure you take advantage of it because it can be extremely rewarding. It could also be the worst fucking time of your life. Mm -hmm. Speaking for any entrepreneur that's that's watching this, I mean, like, we all know what we go through. There's days of, like, extreme highs. There's days of extreme lows where it seems like nobody wants to answer your emails or no one's answer, answering your, your, um, your LinkedIn DMs or anything <laughs> like that, like... It, it, it's, it's, it's such a roller coaster and uh, you just need to, like, I guess for lack of a better term, you need to have the balls to do it. I also and think it's not like when you're employed where like you leave, you clock out and you don't have to worry about it. Was, it's exactly. like it never stops. It's always on your mind. Being, like being there's no, like I, there's no days off. There's literally zero never. There, there's days where I like promise myself I'm shutting my phone and I, I, I just can't. It's like impossible. Yeah. I get anxiety. I have heart palpitations. Like I, <laughs> it, it's impossible to do. And I think that, whether it's good or bad, I just think that that's what's built into it, right? So, like, if you're just like, you know what, like, I'm going out and partying with my friends this weekend, and like, you want to, you're, you are, or you're pretending, because there's a lot of pretenders out there who pretend to be like, I hate the word serial entrepreneur. Every time I hear the word serial entrepreneur, you're talking about guys who have never exited a company, who have never built up a company to, to, to have a, a six, seven, eight figure revenue. You're just talking about a bunch of guys who, who say that they're uh, the, the CEO of something. You're the only fucking employee. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm CEO of Kevaclex. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, it makes sense because you can meet, well, you're more like the CTO from after watching what you've done here. But, um, no, but it's like, it, it's funny. And there's a lot of people who pretend, which is just, okay. You can pretend there's, there's no issue with that. That's between you and God. Right. But, um, I just think that there's a lot of people who need to take a good, hard look in the mirror and understand what they're doing. And if they're spinning their wheels really fast and not going anywhere, I think this is, uh, uh, it's something that you see a lot in a lot of entrepreneurs and it doesn't mean it's bad. And I've done it too, that your, your brain is going a million miles a minute and your 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 legs are also doing the same, but you're not actually going anywhere. But if you can take the time to um, 
really analyze what you're doing and just take a break and reflect and write things down and say, you know what? Last week was a bad fucking week. I did a lot of work. I got nowhere. But I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to write shit down and I'm going to go attack shit one by one and I don't give a fuck. Nobody's stopping me. I'm going to make, you know what I mean? I'm going to make sure that I get my list done this week and those are the people who will end up succeeding. As long as you can have forward momentum and keep doing like i've i've had fucking days where you think you're like on top of the world and you like you're i it didn't make me an extra dollar right but then you have days where you're just like you know what deep breath let me recharge let me write shit down let me see what i gotta go through and then you just do it task by task by task and you look at it at the end of the week and you're just like i got a lot of shit done and you know there's a lot of people who reward themselves and people reward themselves in different ways some people like to go out on the weekends it's not really my thing i'll take a vacation and go somewhere for three four days and just recharge the batteries and come back fresh so i think that's another important thing is that you reward yourself for a job well done it's sometimes you can't just be like work 365 right you need to reward yourself and i think that's important too but Mm -hmm sometimes the rewards cost money and if you're not making money it it starts to be really fucking difficult right right? yeah and that's where a lot of people get caught up where they're just like what the fuck am i doing i'm working so hard i have no extra income i'm watching my friends go on vacations who are working nine to five jobs maybe it's just easier i go and make 22 dollars an hour somewhere and uh and then just you know five o'clock it hits five o'clock and you just shut down and you're like i don't think of the fucking business anymore so yeah there's there's all kinds of different aspects the being an entrepreneur is is multi-layered there's no simple explanation Mm -hmm. to be like here's the fucking guide to being an entrepreneur yeah i hate those fucking people who are just like uh (laughs) i just keep cutting you off no 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 go go i hate the i hate these people you see them on like instagram all the time where they're just like uh, you know, here's five steps to being a successful entrepreneur. It's just like, I just feel like I don't like listening to anyone who hasn't made it. Like, it's just, you know, a lot of, I feel like a lot of people talk and it's like, well, what have you done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I'll listen to the person who's made it or who's done it and who's in my field, but I won't listen to somebody who has never done it. You and I feel like shouldn't. there's a lot of those, like a there's, five steps to this, but like, have you even done it yourself? fucking it's, guides on the internet for $17. Like, what do you expect there again yeah. you don't know who they are because it's some fucking ad that you're seeing from california they're salesmen they're used car salesmen that's what they're doing but they, right. they found something that may make them a little bit of money but i don't know if they've ever succeeded right so how did you go from pivoting your business uh go test rapid which is the COVID testing how did you mm-hmm. go from um selling directly to nurses to opening up a drive-through so that was uh That was an interesting time. So I remember um, I was actually reading a news article and in the news article, there was like a a linked picture and uh, I clicked on the linked picture and it was an article from uh, South Korea. And um, in that article, they were just showing uh, a bunch of people and like, remember those days, those hazmat suits, right? Mm Mm-hmm Obviously no longer the case, but at that time, people were just in hazmat suits and face shields and they were literally like, at least they looked like they were checking people in to be tested in their cars. Right. And something in inside of me just said like, this is great. Not only is this a, an efficient way to bring people to you, but it's self, you're self-contained and you're, you're like isolated in your car. Like people didn't want nurses going to their house because like you're a stranger and you may have COVID and you're right. going like mm-hmm. kill my grandfather. It, just or something, se- it right? seems like now that it's a thing, it seems like the only 
smart way of doing it. Like you're isolated in your car. You don't have to get out. It's easy. It's convenient. It and fast. you get your results. It was, it was fast. You were in and out and, and, and it took like two minutes to register. You were in and out, paid goodbye. Here's your results. We developed an automation platform, which helped us send results out faster, which was a big, big part of the reason we were able to sustain during this period because COVID was a fucking roller coaster so you saw it in a newspaper yeah how long after were you like this is coming to life like you saw it was it like light bulb let's get started asap it was like days wow it was like days yeah and were you one of the first people to bring um testing drive-thrus to canada we were the first the first right yeah at least in the private market i think the 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 government may have attempted something i'm not sure how it went i think they were doing it like with um vaccines Mm -hmm. at that point but uh in terms of testing uh we were the first uh to be doing this in canada which was uh really something special and then basically we're just like you know what we were higher i was with my partner day one we're just sitting there going we hope people show up and then (laughs) mtl blog picked it up like fucking right away mm-hmm. and then i think the first first day we were positive revenue and like we were just like okay and then day two double day three double day four double day five double and, i'll never uh, forget he gave me a promo code and he's like you can use this <laughs> he's like you can use this promo code for any yeah, of your remember. followers and i was like okay i hope like I hope, for, I hope somebody yeah. uses it and then for whatever reason he like sent me the file of like the website and i was like wait wait that many people use the code i was freaking out i was like Like, i didn't even know that many people followed me do you you remember um after like i don't know maybe like a dozen people used it the code i made a mistake oh my god i was like daniel because i used the code and then a lot of people used it and then they're like oh my god thanks and then i was going on a trip again and i was like hey daniel uh want to hook me up with that code again and uh and yeah, and then what happened was... It was supposed to be 10%. I was like, Daniel, what's the percent code that I can give to my followers? And he was, and he gave me the code, but the code was what I would use to get it for free. Yeah. So girls were messaging me after they were using it and saying, thank you so much. Like, I actually didn't have to pay. It was free. <laughs> and expect, I'm like, how... an invoice, by the way. No, no. I'm was... like, how many people... <laughs> and then he messages me. How many people used it? Like 50... 30. No, it's like 35 who got the free... 35 people who got it for free. Yeah. <laughs> Expect an invoice. Just... <laughs> I would charge her, honestly. Yeah. No, we... we Obviously, we, we, had, emailed, we... we emailed the clients. We're just like, sorry, but... You know, oh, because you, you still have to put your credit card in to get it? Yeah, well, no. We, so we, you were so able to... We, we refunded them, and I remember we sent them, like, an apology email. We're just like, here's a 50% off coupon mm-hmm. for the inconvenience. It's like my... Well, it's my fucking... Yeah, blame you. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I asked you for the code, and you said my last name. <laughs> um, He's like, well, I got to remove that now. Yeah, exactly. No, no. <laughs> I mean, look, it, it's, it's... I guess it's shit that happens, but, like... That's just business. He's like, well, yeah, sometimes it's (laughs) sometimes you got to give. That's crazy, though. Opening up the first drive through in where were you, though? Were you even in Toronto? And yeah, we were in Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary, Banff, Whistler, Edmonton, uh, obviously Quebec. Um, Did I say Toronto? Yeah. 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 I think what's interesting about um, the idea is that it wasn't necessarily like it wasn't an innovation like you didn't invent the the idea yeah. of 
the drive-through, but the fact that you just nailed you the idea Amazoned at it. The time. it. Yeah, it's exactly it, right? Yeah, it's just like, time. how do we make this more convenient? How do we make this faster? How do we make it more efficient? How do we, you know, enhance the customer experience? Because like, it's something as unsexy as COVID testing. Everybody mm-hmm. is just like, you know, like when we launched people, like people called me a f- like a fucking lunatic. They're like, you're nuts. And um, we managed to position ourselves in this market in a way where we would have influencers reaching out. And, you know, I reached out to them and we had people tagging us. You think I'm an influencer? (laughs) I was referring to other people. No problem. Flatter yourself. Um, No, but we, we, I mean, it's definitely not all of our, uh, the reason why we, we did it, but like we managed to make, covid text covid testing sexy almost yeah where people were just like i'm gonna fucking tag go test rapid yeah why because whatever so we took away that was something that was very challenging is we had to take away the stigma of covid testing yeah and it's something where like people were just like we had like a go test rapid truck and they're just like please don't send the go test rapid truck to my house because like they didn't want their neighbors to know that they're possibly being tested for covid as if it was like hiv yeah right and we realized that there was a problem there we're like no 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 it's just like a it's just a drawing like don't worry about it it's just like a which makes sense drawing. though i mean at a point it was very I, it like, was yeah. it was like what do you mean you got a test you didn't get your results i think i think also just like covid okay so you're coming out this weekend he, literally <laughs> even just traveling in this time it was like people were judging you if you were doing it so oh, yeah it was ter- well, i mean it's terrible i mean it was just some people are judging so other judging. people are making millions of dollars off of it business was crazy. it was so judgy and i think that's where we we kind of shined in a way where it's just like we kind of made it this like socially acceptable activity where people were just like oh they were proud to like go get tested and they felt like they're like doing a social service yeah. by going and getting tested. And I think that once that caught on, it, like the influencers were definitely integral in this part because mm-hmm. like if it wasn't for them, then we'd just be like, a you know, another couple of guys with some tents and cars driving through it. But with through social media, we were able to kind of give this vibe of like, oh, it's not actually all that bad. And if you're just kind of right. open about it, then it's okay. And uh, it was a successful year. I'm going to be honest. If I was a competitor and I was coming in and you have this whole buildup done, mm-hmm. like how would you say you made it that anyone else who would enter the market would have such a little percentage to yeah. grab from? So that's basically was our goal from day one. We're just like, okay, how long can we keep this market to ourselves or not keep the market to ourselves or other people? But Mm -hmm. like, how long can we scare the shit out of everybody? Right. It takes money. You got to spend money on digital ads, billboards, et cetera. But I think it was more about just like, let's go big and let's go really, really, really fast. So we opened up a second location within a month and then a third, I think the month after that. And then we started to expand to the West coast um and that went really well and then we kind of had this like national brand and with all of the money that we were pumping into ads i mean people were just like there's no other yeah i saw how much money you pumped into ads and i was like what (laughs) the fuck yeah it's uh but it's important right it's important because we scared the shit out of everybody for you know nine ten months we sat alone or virtually alone in a market and we kind of came in with this concept that was just a little bit different than everybody else which was more convenient right so people were drawn to it they're just like oh i don't need to have a stranger come into my house and assault me with a covid swab great (laughs) if i could do it in the comfort of my own car like i think there was a lot of aspects that you nailed which is important when it comes to a business like 
of course, like you can have the right business idea at the right time, which is already what you had. You know, mm-hmm. you came up with the idea. It was at the perfect time. You executed it perfectly. But it's also the way you went about it. Like, like you said, it, it played into advertisement, influencers, all these things that helped your business be what it is today because it could have just well, fizzled out. So, after. so I think you could have started it, had the drive through and someone came in and still oh, beat yeah. you like, to yeah, it. Yeah. It doesn't mean because you're the first one who, who's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to open up three locations while they have two. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're the biggest. Yes, it would have been a problem. Yeah. But we played our cards, right? We uh, luck and timing is also a huge part of it. Mm hmm. But I think that's the biggest difference is that we didn't just try to create a business. We tried to create a brand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's intangible and that's something that gives lifeblood to a business is, is creating that brand and building it from the ground up and making sure that people remember your, remember your name. And it's not just like, oh, yeah, that COVID testing place. Like it's always like, oh, go test rapid. It was just like you weren't even getting a COVID test. Yeah, I'm going to go test rapid. People knew already what mm-hmm. was going on there, right? So I think that's something that um, is so important when you're building something is to recognize that there might be a brand here somewhere. And if you can build a brand, you could build longevity. And if you can build longevity, then all of a sudden it's not a one-year thing. Mm-hmm. And talking about pivoting businesses, we're pivoting again, right? So now I'm not going to say COVID's over. I don't think COVID is ever going to be over. I think the testing business is going to be around for a very long time. But to build something sustainable now is what our our goal is, right? So we opened up this health and wellness aspect of the business, GTR Santé, where we're kind of shifting dynamic a little bit, going into that kind of wellness and, you know, still staying with the testing. We're going to offer testing at all of our locations. So with smart. the IV hydration therapy, uh, with blood testing, with a, a slew of other testing coming out, Botox is uh, very, very likely. And it's so funny, though, because when I always when I think of IV, I think of like when I'm in Vegas and I'm like, I need a I need right? a booster mm-hmm. Or like it's it's a very Vegas Miami thing. So I remember I was talking to someone who was my who was in Miami, and they're like, "I'm going for an IV thing," and I'm like, "It's so weird. Like it really just this? doesn't exist here in Montreal." So when I go to bed, I want to be comfortable. And what's better than boxers that are just so soft? You can have just great dreams. You know what I mean? It's the only good thing that a boyfriend could give you. Good pair of boxers. 100%. Like, we break up, you're not getting these back. Sorry. These are mine now. Do you know how many boxers I have that I never gave back? Not only boyfriends. <laughs> Manscaped just released an even better pair because I'm telling you, their boxers before were the softest thing to ever touch my ass. But these ones, I'm pretty sure they're even better because they are called the Jewel Pouch. And they're the boxers 2.0. And every time they come out with a 2.0, a 3.0, and 4.0, it's just so much better. So it I took can't even two years for them to create it. Two years. So imagine. And luckily enough, we have a discount code for you. Guys, Chemical X at checkout to receive 20% off your first order or your 50th order because you're going to be adding a lot to cart with these new boxers so chemical x at checkout for 20 percent off and free shipping and if you're looking for a little something to put over these very comfy comfy these very comfortable boxers then i have another brand for you to check out isotti they are italian made tailor-made suits for you there's nothing better than first of all tailor-made second of all italian i mean daniel how good do you feel in a everybody suit everybody needs a good suit Everybody and tailor-made to you just hugs in all the right places how good is that i'm sold 
Sold. <laughs> and if you're not sold yet, then with our discount code ChemicalX at checkout for 20% off, you will be sold. I promise you. 100%. Well, 20%. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even Montreal. This is what I love. We're just well, I behind. Love, I love Would you this. agree we're behind I, on all... But I love that. As an entrepreneur, I fucking love I can't imagine. Right? Because, yeah. like, the ideas are already there. You the Canadian, bring them. Literally. The Canadian market. The Canadian market. He's opening up them newspapers. <laughs> yeah, no. They're, they're like, we're sleeping, right? Everything we do, it's always later. Which leaves the door open for a lot of people. And because That's we're kind true. of I never small looked at market, it that way. we're this tiny little minute market compared to the U.S. Which is why I think people don't necessarily bring things over because 100%. they're like, well, we don't have this. It's like, you know, the ideas Canada were not Vegas, an, you know, like, yeah, Canada is an afterthought and especially Quebec. Yeah. Right. So worse. Quebec is even worse after Canada because they're just like, imagine a U.S. company coming over. They're like. Okay, let's 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 try and push the Canadian market, and they're just like being from Quebec, where yeah, is your right. French? Yeah, the OQLF, and they're just sitting there going, "It's three times the amount to start the business." Like Target came in, right? Target came in, and they're just like, "Well, we're gonna make the investment because we believe the the the, the market is there," mm -hmm. and then they're just like, "Like fuck this, like bye." <laughs> they're like, "See ya." Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how long they're around. I don't even like think longer year. than a year. It felt like a year. So I mean, it, it's really possible, but like. If you can make it in the Quebec market, you can make it in the rest of Canada. Now, if you can be alone or almost alone in, in the Canadian market as a whole, you can make it as a business. There's enough, there are enough consumers in Canada to have you have a successful business. Yeah. And the fact that Canada is such an afterthought to the U.S., the ideas are already there. Now it's just about tweaking them a little bit to the mm -hmm. Canadian market. Making the name French. That's it. Exactly. That's yeah. do. Just add a le in front of yeah. it and like you're good, Literally right? Le. Le. Le IV. Go test rapid. Le drip. <laughs> le drip. No, but it's um, the the Canadian market is a is a very interesting uh, it's well, a very interesting I, thing. Sorry, I realized when I uh, I had lived in Australia for a year, and when I was there, I, there were so many things that I was seeing that were so normal there, and I was like, why don't we have mm -hmm. this? Like. It's it, it's these ideas that even yeah. still now, like I lived there four years ago. For example, there's one, um, there's a fast food restaurant called Lord of the Fries. It's he's taking your popular. idea. I hope you don't. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've already started <laughs> Honestly, I'm not gonna plan. do anything. Take it. You know what? Um, Everyone's taking it. Let's see who can start it first. Right. Um, there's a fast food company called Lord of the Fries. It's like a McDonald's, but it's all vegan food. Hundred percent vegan. They serve Beyond Meat. Uh, it's chicken nuggets, but it's all when and when I say like I use I'm not vegan I'm meat eater. I was gonna fun. say you lost me. I, I'm a red meat guy. No 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 I would go <laughs> eat there because yeah. it was so good like it it wasn't even just marketed towards vegans. Mm. And Copper Branch. No, I mean but no, but no, I'm no, no, saying no. it's not healthy. It it was like not a healthy thing. It, it was, just happened. It was fast food, but it was vegan. Oh okay. So it's like at the end of the night everybody's drunk. Everyone's going to Lord of the Fries. Everyone was eating Lord of the Fries. It was at every street corner, like a McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Super popular. Not only marketed towards vegans, but I guess it was the cool thing. Um, and it's just to say, like we do not have one place here that can consider themselves fast food vegan to that scale. Like this was like, and and just like you said, how do you make you know, testing cool. How do you make vegan food cool? At the end of the day, there's a certain like idea attached to it. Whereas they totally went the other way with it. They're like, vegan doesn't necessarily need to be healthy. Mm -hmm. Let's make this good. Yep. Let's make it amazing. Let's mm -hmm. open our market to anyone. And they're hugely successful. And still now, four years later, like this has been open for years and years and years. It's, it's a huge like franchise. Place, yeah. 
And I look at Canada, even in, in the U.S., it's like, I, I don't know one vegan fast food restaurant. Oh, the, the That's US, a chain restaurant. I, I mean, the U.S. market's a little bit different. I'm not sure how well a vegan restaurant would do in, you know, like rural America. Yeah, but California, though. In California, you're talking about California <laughs> yeah. as its own fucking market. Like, uh, right. But Australia, I would say, is very similar to Canada. Mm-hmm. And... It's not even that they have a huge vegan population or anything. It's just crazy how they manage to make something that has its very niche clientele Mm -hmm. and make it so big and so accessible for everyone that you want to eat vegan food. Why not if you think it's cool, right? It's literally literally a burger. Like it's so, not only is the quality good, but just the idea itself was so interesting because when I think of vegan, I always think of somebody eating a salad, you Uh, know. Like I hear vegan and I'm just like, like like you've lost But I'm telling you guys, if I would bring you to this place, it's like a burger, it's like a McDonald's. Like you Hmm. walk in, you have your fries, everything is vegan. They have poutines, they have everything. And yeah. Make me hungry. Yeah, but I just thought that it was so interesting to go there in a completely different country mm-hmm. and think like, why don't we have this? Like, yeah. the idea is right but, here. But, it's but right here. I see that it works. Isn't that isn't that the beauty of it, right? Well, that's and, the beauty and, of traveling. I guess we trash Montreal and just Quebec so badly, Montreal but like Montreal is an unbelievable place. It is a very small pond with very big fish in it. There are a lot of really important influential people in montreal there's a lot of very important businesses that are here in Mm -hmm. montreal and i think that uh montreal is an unbelievable place it is the absolute best city in the world and it is also the worst fucking city in the world between the months of (laughs) i was like where is he going between the months of like november and february like (laughs) like, i i I can't believe i live here every every year i curse that i still live in this so what made you go from like testing to i'm gonna start ivs we because we built a brand we built a brand that that people loved right and people had confidence in our brand and i'm sitting there going like i'm not letting this shit go right right we built we built something here let's let's continue but why ivs like because nobody else was fucking doing it right right so it's like i look at something and it's actually years like tanya saying it i'm saying it like it's crazy if 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 there's a hundred people doing something already like i don't want to be part of it at all yeah i'm the last man in the pool like it's 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 not a good business opportunity mm-hmm. F- like for me personally it might be for other people it's not for me personally if i'm not first or one of the first because i know there are some other mm-hmm. places that do it in canada but like if you're not breaking barriers and if you're not disrupting a market and if you're not making a lot of fucking stupid noise don't bother don't bother there there's Facts. <laughs> but, just don't bother guys go home i mean it's all about how you do something yeah Uber was not the first rideshare app that existed they're just the first rideshare app that, that took did it, off that, that, that did, did it right. fucking well like yeah. you go and people forget that like i think i do agree with what you're saying like don't go into a market that's already oversaturated but sometimes if you look at an idea and you're like oh that's a good idea it already exists but i could do it better yeah and yeah. i know how to do it better so like that's what's 100 percent. if you want to know if like you're an entrepreneur Go watch um, Super Pumped on Crave. I think it's on Crave. Crave. Pretty sure it's on Crave. We're all going to go watch it. You can use my account. It's fine. He's like, like I said, three businesses. He'll give us the promo code. If you don't get inspired and if you, like, I couldn't sleep. I, I, like, legit couldn't sleep when I, after I watched the show. It's like a mini series. It's fucking very well done. But watch. like it was so inspiring and it's it gets your like your brain turning to a point where it's just like you lose sleep. And I think that if you 
like it seems like such a terrible analogy, but like if you watch a show like that and you feel inspired to go and fucking do something, mm -hmm. then you have it in you, right? And don't be afraid. And that that it's a dramatized show, obviously, but like it's it's so it, it consumes you. And like I had to binge it; it was like done in like three fucking days. <laughs> Uh, but it's like it's it's such an amazing show and it, it, I, I truly believe that like when you watch something like that and if you're inspired and your brain starts to think about your own business and how you're doing things and how you could apply what you just watched to you know what you're doing that's cool then I, I think you you probably have it in you to, to be an entrepreneur and to be successful you may not know it already but if you if you feel that way after watching you mm -hmm. know something that that kind of builds you up like that i think it's 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 something that you're supposed to take notice of and mm -hmm. maybe you just write it down a couple of your ideas and you know you can develop a business into that yeah i i want to talk about how you've managed to pivot two of your businesses twice mm -hmm. so something neon which mm -hmm. it, we didn't really go into depth but you have a neon company mm -hmm. and you said you started selling masks to mm -hmm. stay relevant i'm assuming now you guys are back doing neon signs but yeah. for that time that's what worked and then now you had your covid testing covid testing business and you're pivoting that to be ivs and wellness, wellness centers yeah. and, and botox yeah botox. so how important is learning when to call something quits or deciding how to make it work like how, how does Jeez. that um a great question call, you could have yeah. realistically said okay thank you COVID's not a big thing anymore <laughs> goodbye i made my money in covid yeah. so at what point do you decide i'm gonna either take this you know mm -hmm. somewhere else yeah or start a gonna, new business or yeah because i could never First of all, pivoting from neon signs to masks is something that like it's like where's the, the fuck? fucking yeah. the fuck? where's the connect? That's why like but the only it thing, worked. Yeah, the but only thing worked. that I had to hold on to was like our company color, which was pink. Yeah, but it was not <laughs> how it worked. <laughs> like, right. So like, how would you translate that to other people who are like, my business is maybe you know it, it's hit its plateau, it's going down now. Do I pivot or do I just call it quits? Should I, I stay or should I go 100%. down? <laughs> I think that if your business plateaus, it's because you stopped caring. You stop. You stop trying. Wow. Right. So it's like there's always connection. I don't give a shit. Like you can. Uh, I. I obviously I don't personally know them, but it, like you can talk to the Musks. You can talk to the Bezos of the world. They haven't stopped working. They can. Mm -hmm. They don't. Right. So when you feel that you're like you you call it quits these these guys don't call it quits ever and i'm the type of person i'm i'm last man off the ship right so if there if there's a boat sinking i'll be the last guy off but it's also the same thing in business right if my business is 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 going to succeed i'm going to go down in fucking flames right i'm going to make a lot of noise when i go down and i'm going to do everything that i can to keep a pulse mm -hmm. so for me it's kind of a natural feeling that i have that goes like okay this was great what else can i do how else can i monetize how what 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 more can i bring to this business and add value to this brand mm -hmm. is it a different product is it a different service is it a different you know whatever so you really need to kind of sit down and analyze your business and just like how do i continue to keep fucking growing this thing time after time after time after time right. and if you become complacent then i think your job as an entrepreneur is probably, you know, come to an end where I think that, you know, most people who have that kind of entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit, it, it just doesn't stop. You just, right. I don't even think that you know how to turn it off. You just keep going. 
because that's all you know how to do. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, continuing yeah. to continue. Have you had, like, in the past, before doing the neon signs, before COVID testing, did you have any businesses that you started, failed? Yeah, so I, I lived in Mexico for uh, for four years. Uh, I ran a, uh, a CDU company. Uh, we did jet skis and parasailing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I came back in 20, oh boy, 2014, 2015, something like that. And, uh, I mean, look, it was a, it was a learning experience. You learned a lot about yourself. Um, you realize what you can do, what you can't do, mm-hmm. know your limitations. But I think that in every, you know, every person, every entrepreneur, every, any guy who's, you know, ever going to run a business, I think that, you know, the important thing is that you don't compete with others, but you compete with yourself every day and that you just do the best that you can do every day, right? So you take all these life experiences, good, bad, doesn't matter. You just kind of put them in your little filing cabinet and you pull them out as needed and you're just like, I remember that experience. I'm not going to go through that shit again. Right. So you, you take what you learned and you move on from it, right? So when I came back, it was a eye-opening experience where I'm just like, okay, I got to get to work. And uh, I, I started to be an electrician and right away after like year one, I'm just like, okay, this like... This isn't for me. Well, it's not that it wasn't for like I was waking up. At, I was either waking up at five o'clock in the morning or I was going to sleep at five o'clock in the morning because I was working like the night shift. And I was just like, like, this isn't for me, but I'm, I was really good at what I did. And uh, I, I was a couple of, couple of jobs for you. Yeah. <laughs> I've retired. I've retired. But I, I mean, like when, when I was an electrician, I was Don't just say like, you're really, really good too yeah. soon. <laughs> Careful what you say. Uh. Um. No, so I was just like, okay, like I, I was like, how do I create extra income out of what I'm doing already? Because like the path to uh, like an electricity is like you would have to do like a four-year apprenticeship and then write an exam and mm-hmm. start to make like good money, 80, 90, $100,000 a year. And um, I was just like, okay, like I need that like now. So I, I was like, okay, what is a job? And I through my like little jobs that I would do, I would start to see the jobs that people would hire me for. It's just jobs that like electricians or like full-fledged electricians didn't want to take. And I was just like, okay, hold on. Let's let's analyze this for a second. I was being called to like change light bulbs. It's crazy. <laughs> no, 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 it's nuts. But I quickly realized that like it's the easiest, it's the fastest job, and I can charge whatever the fuck I want because the electricians who were charging $250 to walk into your house didn't want to do it. They weren't being called somewhere to change a light bulb or two or five or 10 light bulbs. They're just like, no, it's a waste of my day. So I've kind of found this like gap in the market where changing light bulbs was going to pay good money. So I, I got on a plane. I went to China. I started sourcing my own LED. Just <laughs> fucking retarded. Talk about entrepreneur at heart. No, no, literally. Do your fucking I was just going to say that. That's what we're different about. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, you're either born with it or you're not. I was not born to say, how can I make light bulbs? You really said light bulbs. I was a glorified But that's literally an entrepreneur. making like... That's and it's funny because i never really took a look at like neon signs i know you were looking into buying one once and you dm'd them a while back (laughs) but when i was looking at his signs i'm like they are very different than any other signs i've seen out there 
for example, ours. So we, we do things a little bit differently, which is like, again, the core of any of the businesses that I'm involved with is just like, I don't accept the status quo. I just don't think that it's okay. I think that people who accept the status quo will remain status quo. I think that the people who like to kind of disrupt and change things and the, the way that they mm-hmm. the, the way things are done, I think they're they're crucial and they're an integral part of society. And that's the way that I look at everything. I'm saying, that's great. How can I make it better? So when we started to do the neon signs, you would have like, you know, all these people like, again, you have like acrylic on your neon sign, nothing against your sign, but... <laughs> whatever okay. uh, insulting you better be coming with a replacement so what we yeah would, what, what we would do is we already has we would remove the acrylic behind the neon signs and that's really what we got popular for we did michael kors we did louis vuitton we did mm-hmm. drew house we did nespresso we did all these different kinds of like large brands because they're just like your shit doesn't look like the rest of it yes and they're and they could recognize that right? absolutely and then we started to do stuff on art we used to include neon on art and and we would work in collaboration with um i saw his artists. things literally the sickest stuff mm-hmm. thank you but yeah i mean just like don't accept the status quo like um jake carl's midday squares he says it's the best he says be unapolog- unapologetically yourself you want to try that again unapologetically <laughs> unapologetic. can't take someone's quote and then not nail it right so but <laughs> he he's just like it, it, it rings so true and like those who don't want to like fuck with you like be yourself those who don't want to fuck with you like fuck them yeah like fuck them you why waste your time why waste your time trying to want to try that again watch it there missy i will say though something that's really interesting is all your businesses like pretty much everything you've dipped your toes into from light bulbs to sedus to neon <laughs> signs to you know there's not much correlation i'm gonna be real and what i think <laughs> is interesting is that sometimes the most successful businesses are things that you would never be like you know for example so many people nowadays want to have a clothing brand. Everybody wants to have a clothing brand. It's like the cool thing to have mm-hmm. that like bumping clothing brand. Mm-hmm. But then again, like how many people are saying that they're hugely successful off owning a clothing brand? Whereas Very you cool. look at the businesses that you're a part of, it's not something that somebody wakes up one day and be like, I can't wait, like, I to, can't own wait to start a that. fucking yeah. testing company. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, exactly. it's not Shots like, it's not, no, but it's not <laughs> right? like something that is like a passion project, you know? But what I think is interesting is people overlook these these areas of the market of of industries yeah. because they're not necessarily quote cool. unquote cool enough. Yeah, and people whereas are, neon signs super cool. Yeah. But then you look at COVID testing, which is your business that has been taking off and and really took you to the next level. Not so cool, apparently. Not so, not so cool. Right? Not so cool. I, mean, I just think like then, a lot but, of people but then put you, themselves in that box and be like, I want to do something cool and like I want to be the CEO of this sick company, but then. It's not generating what they wanted to. But then you look at it and when you tell people, oh, yeah, oh, go test right Oh, that's, I'm like, oh, that's my company. And they're just like, that's fucking awesome. I'm not saying that it's not awesome. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying, saying that, that the company and the product or the service itself is not fucking cool. It's yeah. not something that somebody wakes up and they're like, bro, I can't wait to see my my fucking name all over my COVID testing center. <laughs> like, I, you, you see but it. That's the thing. And I think a lot of people, they're entrepreneurs they just want to be attached. They want their name attached to something that's like cool. I but in reality, fuck, like I fucking hate. Yeah. It. I hate, in reality, I hate, the money is yeah. in the things that nobody like. Like you were saying, 
um, the other day is like, you know, a guy who sells ketchup packets and yeah, he's a he's, fucking he just, millionaire. He sells ketchup packets yeah. to airlines and that's like and his it's fucking like, business. I'm watching Selling Sunset and the guy coming to buy this $50 million house has a fucking broccoli farm. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, I didn't know the broccoli so, business when, when was you, booming. Exactly. And I'll, you, grow, and I'll every, come in. Everybody wants the clothing business because they, they're like, oh, I want people to like wear my thing and like that's my dream. Mm. But at the end of the day, your dream should be to make fucking money. <laughs> no. Oh my god. I mean, really but <laughs> yes, but I do recall you saying you wake up every day with purpose. Yeah, okay. And when people come up to you and they're like, Your go test rapid, like it fuels you. Yeah. I I agree. How I proud agree. are your parents? I I would hope very proud. <laughs> I mean they, they do tell me often enough, but um Cute. I, I hope I hope that they're proud and I and I hope that I did right by them and I think that it's important to not only be an entrepreneur, but to be a philanthropist, mm-hmm. right? To give back, to help. And I think that's something that really... We're a charity, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> volunteer. Neon sign? <laughs> We're um, a volunteer nonprofit. No, but like it's important to give back to your community. Like when we started the, the, the testing, the first thing we did is we're just like essential workers, uh, daycare, daycare. Uh, mm-hmm teachers uh they all got you know 50 percent off or whatever it was like 20 dollar tests or still a true Here, business guy free. though yeah it's, 50, it's not free free but let me start, let me tell you when i saw the pro i got overhead man <laughs> he, got he came overhead. out on top don't worry yeah. but no i think it's important to like do these things yeah i think businesses now need to have a cause as well mm-hmm. i think yeah. it's i think it's super important i i think that it humanizes you in a way and people like to support things that give back as well so like if someone's paying you know 7.99 to watch your podcast but 10 percent of it is donated to like dog shelters or something like i would be more inclined well now we have no choice when we start this to give 10 percent milo you're getting 10 (laughs) percent you bone (laughs) but i just think it's interesting how you know there's so many markets that people overlook they they did but it's it's an asset to the people that are really hungry for a successful business because everybody like i said wants that cool business and in reality there's so much money to be made in these essential areas it's like it's like look at the people who i mean i'm not gonna say this because obviously toilet papers are always gonna be successful but it's like yeah but it's like look at covid these toilet paper people went from being you know as mm-hmm. successful as you can be to somehow the need for toilet paper tripled. Yeah, you, you remember know? that? But the it's like, Costco imagine cri- being the Costco charming. Crisis? Like, yeah. I want to be charming. But nobody wakes for up. For many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody wakes up and says, I want to own a toilet paper business. But I think that's what's interesting about being a true entrepreneur is that you're ready to get into any business that's going to be lucrative and that you see. Yeah. And you're not just doing it because you want to look cool, which I think is what a lot of people do. Right. So you can... You can and that's, get, you can that goes that back way. to the beginning, what he was saying about people saying they're yeah. CEOs and they do all this. But... Exactly. Because people just want to be like recognized as something because... Yeah, their business maybe is not such but um i think there's something really important about filling not only like a want but a need if you mm-hmm. can go and, and have a product that maslow's. people haslow's maslow's who maslow's hierarchy of needs haslow's haslow's or maslow's oh i think it's haslow's haslow's hierarchy of needs he's like yeah. listen oh, you uh you're me. So it's we went to the marketing. It's probably one of the only things that I learned. literally I, the only thing. But hold on, this is why I don't know what the fuck you're talking about because I did absolutely nothing in school. I was pretty. I didn't do homework since grade eight. I know it's not a history class, well, but listen up. Uh, 
Let's well, we go. learned Let's it see. in marketing, but it's basically the hierarchy of needs of of like wants and needs, and like at the top of the pyramid is needs, mm-hmm. and businesses that get into that into that area are things that are essential, essential. like toilet paper, dish soap, mm-hmm. food, things mm-hmm. that will never and not only not. Like not every food, but things that never not needed, need. never not needed, just like needs, basic mm-hmm. needs, water. Um, and when you fit into that market, you will always have a customer. Oh, yeah. You will always have a customer no matter what. And then you get a little lower and then it's like things that you need. But, you know, then it becomes a choice. Like, do yes. you want, yes. want oat milk? Right. And then you get lower and lower down the pyramid, which makes it harder and harder to market. To find business. a customer. To find right? a customer. So it's exactly. like uh, during COVID test, literally my customers, uh, like the, pre- the, the prerequisites for my customers was, are you a human being? <laughs> And do you have a pulse currently? And also and it became sure- a need. It literally became a government, yeah. you know, if you wanted to go somewhere, it was like actually it mandatory. mandatory. It was like mandatory, right? So yeah. like, again, it was just, it was just like we, we ended up in this this position where we're just sitting there going like, okay, people not only like need our product, not want the product, mm-hmm. but need the product. And then the government went and made it mandatory. And, and like, like if you want to get on a plane, you got to get tested. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're just like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Right, and we're just like we need to get bigger. We need to open more yeah. locations. We need to handle more customers, and 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 it just kind of extrapolated from there. As someone who has two businesses, would you say it's better to put your energy into one or two, or well, for it to be successful? Would you say it's better to have multiple businesses or only focusing all your energy onto one? So it depends. And Elon you... Musk answered this. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't didn't hear hear his answer, but I will say that it depends on where you're at with your business. So I wouldn't like you were telling us. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily have gone. And if like something neon was like a startup and I was in startup mode, like first couple of months and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm like, fuck this, like jump ship, go test rapid. I probably wouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. But the fact that something neon was established and sort of, sort of kind of an autopilot, like we're still paying attention to the business by all means. But I was in a, but things are controlled yeah, and more right? like... And then, and then what you do is you insulate yourself. You get a really good team. Like my right hand, that Tanya, who runs, you know, my businesses, she's like, she's amazing, you know, and it allows me to continue to do other things and to go and acquire other and different businesses. Mm-hmm. Right. But you have to get to that point in order to do it. You, a, a human being only has so much time in their day. They need to sleep. They need to recharge the batteries sometimes. So... Is it better to focus on one or on two at the same time? I would say definitely one. Build your build your business, build your brand. Once you've kind of have something and it's sort of kind of an autopilot, you can hire somebody to help with like business dev or whatever it is and, and then just kind of, you know, help you run it while maybe slowly increasing what you're doing in that company. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of start to focus your efforts a little bit on something else, which will drive in a different kind of, you know, a different revenue stream. Totally agree. So um, I had a girl ask a question. And I wanted to ask you on the podcast, and the, there's two that I really wanted to focus on. And the first one was how to manage day job plus housework plus relations plus business plus health plus fitness plus family. Okay. You're like you just gave me. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of things. You're Basically, like, what's uh, your work life balance? Yeah, <laughs> my work life. Synopsis. My work life balance. He's like, get a nanny. Is fucking zero. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I was better at that. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I know what my limitations are. Me shutting it down and turning off 
It's not one of my strong suits. It's good. It's also bad. So I think everybody should have a work-life balance. Like if somebody were to ask me that question, like, oh, what should your work-life balance be? I can tell you what I think it should be. But in reality, what it is is completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel I, like I try, a lot I of successful people best. say that. I try to do my best. I, I've worked hard at, you know, weekends trying to not, you know, take all the calls and answer all the messages and go through the emails, set aside times to do it where it's like, okay, like I'll, I'm going to answer mm-hmm. emails and messages for two hours. But the truth is, is uh, it's... It's like an addiction. And when you build a successful business, it's addicting. Mm-hmm. And um, it's uh, it, it, it's not so easy to just like be like, okay, like, oh, it's Friday. Let me go out with my friends and yeah. get hammered and wake mm-hmm. up at three o'clock the next day. Like, it's just not, it's not an option, uh, at least in, in my personal experience. What would you say is the key to your success? What's unlocking the door, Daniel? Um... <laughs> determination desire it's it's what gets the engine going um i think that you're waking up every day and just trying to be the best version of myself is really something that's super important and i think it's important for anybody not just entrepreneurs just literally anybody whether you're going to work and bagging groceries at iga or you have a business or you have a a multi-million dollar business be do your best every single day don't compare yourself to others you'll get depressed right Mm -hmm. uh but if you just kind of look in the mirror and you're satisfied with who you see and you know what today i'm gonna do i'm gonna make myself proud i think that it's important i have kids right i have a family i gotta i gotta set an example and the only way that you can do that is not by being a giant piece of shit like a lot of people are and it's like it's so fucking unfortunate but like i see it all the time like in business there's a lot of rats yeah and you deal with these people on a daily basis and i'm just sitting there going like i'm glad you're not my fucking you're not my kid or you're not my father i'm like i'd be fucking ashamed of what you're doing and what you did and if that offends you then you know exactly who the fuck you are (laughs) but directly to camera there no but i mean like like it's true has anyone ever fucked you over (laughs) i mean there is a lot of people business in and itself is a cutthroat you know it is industry um and to succeed you always have to in some way Mm -hmm. be cutthroat step on other people's toes but you know how do you see that there's there's a there's a way to do it that it's still respectable right Right. There's, there's, there's ethical. Yeah. Well, business ethics, it's a real thing. And I mean, like if you're going to do it, that's fine. Like that's, that's, it's part of the game, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, there's a way to do it and be respected and there's a way to do it and be, you know, piece of garbage. Yeah. And, uh, you see it every day and it, it is what it is. And I try not to let these things bother me and I put it by the wayside, but like, you know, we see it all the time. We had people steal our marketing. People change their company colors to look like our company colors just to try to confuse customers. I mean, like, Mm-hmm. It, it it is what it is does it bother me i'd say i don't think about it more than five minutes a day but you know it's still five minutes of my fucking day i value my time time is money <laughs> um before we wrap up i just have one last question yeah. for the people that are listening that are maybe an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or aspiring entrepreneurs what would you say is either your biggest you know lesson advice or or both or failure that could give some insight for anyone listening. 
figure out what you want from your business, from your product, from your service, whatever it is you're offering, figure out what your goals are. Like, I know it sounds like very cliche, but like sit down, write out a business plan, even if it's not very good, doesn't matter. Figure out what you want to get from that business, whether it's money, whether it's respect, whether it's power or whatever the hell you want, but just try to figure out what you're going to, what you want from that business and then figure out how to get there. Right. And just work every day, keep your head down, go to work. But if your mindset is, um, I'm going to work for three days on this and then I'm going to go party for three days and then I'm going to take a day of recovery, then you really need to evaluate what you're really doing mm-hmm. right i think that to run a business it's a 24-hour thing it's a seven day a week thing to run a successful business anyways and i think that people like again it's really cliche but like apply yourself figure out what you want and go and fucking get it done mm-hmm. and don't stop until you do the people who are relentless are the ones who succeed and those who give up and become complacent after they've made one two good moves end up falling off, right? So that you see a lot of people, they, they go, they have a little business and then it just kind of fucking tailors off and then next thing you know, they're opening a different Instagram account with a different business. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we all know a couple people like that, right? <laughs> and uh, just fucking apply yourself and create create something that's good, something that people need and be proud of what you're doing. It doesn't necessarily have to be your brand, but literally the action of getting there should be enough, a drivable force to actually make you you know proud of what you're doing it's not necessarily the product the service mm-hmm. but it's about the act of you know doing everything to make sure that your business is successful so you can stand behind it and be really proud yeah because a, a business without somebody who's like proud of themselves behind it is a weak business i agree you know amazing wow i feel like i'm reevaluating my entire life <laughs> you <laughs> sorry about that. i mean i feel like this made me you know i'm not an entrepreneur that's just no, what it no, is. no! Don't um, say. Well, I'm not. I don't. It's got it's dark no real quick. I don't want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> not anybody. Not everybody has to be an entrepreneur. I know my strengths. I'm not an entrepreneur. That's just what it but is. But I will tell you this: is you have good partners. I think good yeah. partners are so key. I would not be where I'm at without my partner, and he knows it as well. We both bring different aspects to the business. Hundred percent. We would right. be. You know. I think it's also really important to know what your strengths are and what your what you're not good at, comp- so you and can your like. Your partner should be complimenting that. Yeah. If you're both fucking fire or one's fire and the other one's fire, it doesn't yeah. really help. But if one yeah. fire and one's did water, you know when you got together with the guy who had the hookup? For the masks, your partner. Did you know that he was the right partner? So the masks was my guys in China, but the with the testing. Right. Sorry, uh, the, the testing. testing um, he's somebody who I knew for uh, twenty years. Okay. And um, did you he, always he, in the back of your head know like you would have done you were you were gonna do something with him or? We almost did something like I think one or two times before in different businesses. Like, okay. So I brought like the neon stuff to him, and we were trying to make a diy neon kid and anyways it was whatever <laughs> like like to kind of yeah, just like shape it I, I, I engineered a neon strip with a, a 3m you know tape on the back and where you can kind of create your own signs on the wall uh, your own like shapes on the wall mm-hmm. we never ended up going through with it but um they it was somebody it who i always respected what they sell it on amazon but yeah exactly <laughs> now they sell it on yeah. amazon but i'm talking like four years ago yeah right? um, he's like don't worry but if i thought of light bulbs i was i was there before <laughs> amazon <laughs> But um, no, I, when when we approached this business and it was just like it was synergy. We understood one another right away. It's like right. we're call, it's like same brain. You know, we're talking and we're just like, oh, we literally write messages like I was going to say that I was going to say that like mm-hmm. one right after another. And uh, it just works. Sometimes partners are the best thing in the world. Sometimes they're not. 
mm-hmm. right? So you really need to find somebody who you can trust, you know, to, to, to get things done and to, you know, be responsible and who's not going to steal. And these are, these are things that are so important in a partnership that, you know, go unnoticed. Sometimes partnerships work out and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. But if you find somebody that you jive with, I mean, why the fuck not? If they compliment your strengths, I'm I like, I'm terrible at accounting, like terrible, but he's also history. <laughs> yeah. Also history. <laughs> Well, I don't know. 86% made me think you just didn't like it. Yeah. Well, I never, I was, I was dumb in school, but I wasn't stupid. Street smart. There's a, there's a difference between the two. Right. But, uh, yeah, I think if you, if you just, you have the right partners and it works, then you're on easy street. Perfect. Well, guys, I'm hiring for a new partner. So (laughs) (laughs) with that being said, Thank you so much, Daniel. We really appreciate you coming on and taking time out of your busy schedule. We know you want to get back to your phone and answer all the emails. But you gave a lot of insight to people who might find themselves, you know, in the same boat as me, thinking maybe this is not for me. (laughs) And you know what? It's the hard truth. Not everything is made for everyone, but Mm -hmm. everyone will find their place. So thank you so much. 100%. Thank you. Thank you. He ends it with 100%. If that's not somebody who watches the podcast... I don't know who is. Bye, guys.